Good evening. Well, as Pastor Rob said, my name is Terrence Little, and I serve over at McLean, but I'm very, very happy to be here with you all tonight on this a special, special night. Taking it all in, getting the full experience, being completely in the moment, fully present. Stuff memories are made of. In the fall of 2002, the guy who discipled me and Rob Yense in college, a guy named Blair Burke, he took me to a Seder feast uh, near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And during the course of the meal, we had to eat something called bitter herbs uh, and, and this concoction of, 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 of horseradish and something else. But all I can tell you is it was horrible. It was horrible. It tasted awful. Absolutely awful. I detested it. It was nasty. It was not good at all. Could I say more? I could. <laughs> but shortly after that, we were instructed by the leader to eat this apple mixture, this sweet, delicious apple mixture that was so good, I started to weep uncontrollably. I was struck by the immediate contrast and the reasons for the bitter food and the sweet foods immediately came back to my memory. It was a meal whose significance I will never forget. Tonight we look at two very special meals and just like the original participants, we want to be fully present. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles, whether you have it physically in hand, whether you have it on your phone, I'd love for you to turn to Mark chapter 14. And I'm going to read to us verses 12 through 26. Mark 14, verses 12 through 26. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went into the city and, and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, Jesus came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to Jesus one after another, is it I? Jesus said to them, it is one of the 12 one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe, woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. 
It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, by your spirit, allow us to hear and understand and be changed. Make us more like Jesus. Teach us tonight to love you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. We have two meals to focus on tonight, two meals. Essentially, there are two points to this message tonight, the Passover meal and the Lord's Supper. Passover meal and the Lord's Supper. We begin with the Passover meal. Mark tells us in verse 12 that it's the time of year when the great feast of Jewish life occurs. It is the first day of unleavened bread, which means... It's time for the Passover. What is Passover? (laughs) The descendants of Jacob. Now we'll go back in Bible history. You had Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac and Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had a whole lot of descendants and the Bible calls them the Israelites. The Israelites were enslaved to the great empire of Egypt for 400 years. Theirs was a life of hardship, of suffering. They groaned and groaned for a change, for rescue from their bondage. And finally, we read that God heard their cries. The Lord God delivered them from Egypt through his prophet Moses. Well, when the time came for the Lord's people to leave Egypt, which also meant the time had come for God's judgment to fall on Egypt. Before the Lord had Moses lead the Israelites out of Egypt, he had Moses to instruct the people, every household to be exact, to eat a special meal the night before their departure. The meal required special food to be prepared in a special way according to God's exact details. The bread had to be unleavened, flat bread where no yeast was added to the flour mixture. The households were to eat the unleavened bread with bitter herbs. The meal also required a a certain type of meat for them to eat. God instructed the people to use a lamb. Every single household was to have 
a lamb. If a household was too small for one lamb, then God provided for that. He said then that family was to connect with the nearest neighbor and partake of that lamb with them. Essentially, every single person needed a lamb. The lamb had to be one year old. It was to have no, no blemishes, no defects. The lamb was to be a male. God said it could come from the sheep or from the goats. God required roasting as the method for cooking the lamb. And the whole lamb was to be eaten by morning. Can you believe that? And if the entire lamb was not eaten by the morning, whatever was left over, God told them to burn it. God wanted the entire lamb to be consumed. They were to eat their meal in a hurry, with their belts fastened, shoes on, walking staves ready. Notice, though, if you will, the blood of the lamb. The lamb's blood had an extremely special purpose for each Israelite household on this night in Egypt. It was a night of judgment. Each household had to take some of the blood of the lamb and paint the, the two doorposts and the lintel with the blood of the lamb. God named the meal. He said, it is the Lord's Passover. And I love to tell people this. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It is the covenant name of God. It is the intimate name of God. The name that he lets people know that he's bound to his people with. It is the Lord's Passover. On that night in Egypt, the Lord came in judgment passing through the streets, through the neighborhoods, even going up to the house of Pharaoh. As the Lord passed by, if there was a house where the blood of the lamb was missing from the door, the firstborn child would die. God came in judgment. Any house missing the blood of the lamb, meaning it could be an Egyptian house and an Israelite house. As the Lord passed by each house in judgment, if the blood of the lamb was on the doorposts and the lintel, then the Lord would pass by. That house would be saved from judgment. God said in Exodus 12 in verse 13, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The only hope of escape from God's judgment was what? The blood of the lamb. Passover meal has occurred year after year after year after year from that time even to this day in Jewish culture. It is also known as a Seder feast. Now the temple is gone. No more lambs are being sacrificed. 
But the meal is still observed in Jewish culture as they await the coming of Messiah. The lamb was a sacrificial lamb. The lamb served as a substitute whose life was given in the place of the Israelite households. Over the years, millions of lambs were offered up as God commanded, but the blood of those lambs never, never, hear me again, never achieved what they were ultimately pointing forward to. The Passover meal was an unfinished meal. The meal lacked ultimate fulfillment. Tonight, tonight we pause to observe, to recognize, and to partake in the fulfillment of the Passover. Tonight we dine with our Lord Jesus as he teaches us the real meaning of the Passover meal in his supper, that which we call the Lord's Supper. Now we turn number two to the Lord's Supper. Jesus' disciples want to know where to prepare to eat the Passover meal. And Jesus gives them very clear instructions. And as they obey him, everything occurs exactly as he told them. That is important for this reason. Jesus had already made preparation for the eating of the Passover meal. Now, Now I want you to picture Picture the upper room where they are gathered in this house, where they are gathered to dine. Jesus and the 12 disciples, they're they're sitting on the floor on cushions around a table, eating the great Passover meal, remembering their history, remembering how God delivered his people from slavery. It's a time of intimate fellowship, fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with each other. It is family time. And while they eat, Jesus gives them some disturbing news. One of you, one of you will betray me. I I imagine sorrow, shock grips their hearts. Is it me? Is it, is it me? Jesus is the greatest person we've ever known. He's done what no other could, miracles. Thousands of people he fed with just a little bit of food. We saw diseases instantly healed. We saw a man who was dead inside of a tomb for four days come out alive because Jesus commanded it. He has spoken with the authority of God. Betrayal? Is it me? Is it me? Betrayer eats out of the same bowl as me, Jesus says. The betrayer is going to be judged. He's against me. 
He doesn't trust me. He doesn't live for me. He doesn't live for my instruction. He lives for himself. We know that the man is Judas Iscariot. Judas, as the evening progresses, will indeed reject and betray Jesus. And the consequences of his rejection is judgment because he never repented. Never turned back to Jesus. Jesus says it would have been better for him if he had never been born. Those are hard words. Jesus goes on with the meal and he teaches the disciples the greatest lesson they will ever learn about Jesus. This lesson is why we're gathered here tonight, y'all. It's the lesson This lesson is why the church is gathered today all over the world. The lesson is the reason Christianity exists at all. They are eating Passover meal with Jesus. The meal of deliverance. The meal of rescue from the wrath and judgment of God Almighty in Egypt. And yet the Passover meal continued... And in the daily and once a year priestly sacrifices, lambs continued to be offered. It didn't stop. At dinner, Jesus says, the bread is my body. Take it. Take it. It's for you. Partake of it. My body is for you. Now, now they, know the, they know the feast. They know what he's talking about. Jesus says, this cup is my blood of the covenant. And it is poured out for many. Well, I got a question for you. Whose blood was placed on the doorposts and the lintel? You, you tell me. The lamb. It was the blood of the lamb. Did you notice that there's something missing from the discussion? Jesus doesn't talk about a literal sheep lamb or a goat lamb during this meal. So much emphasis was placed on the lamb and the Passover. Where, where is the lamb? Jesus is the lamb. Amen. Amen. Amen, Ryan. Amen. (laughs) Jesus is the lamb. In the gospel of John, in the gospel of John, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Last night I was at a Seder feast hosted by Robert and Sarah. I forget their last name. Please forgive me if you're here, but it was the Mullen CG. <laughs> and we, we had a Seder feast that Faith, Faith Goodwin had prepared for us. And the booklet we were using made this connection between the Passover lamb and Jesus Christ abundantly clear. Jesus is the Lamb of God whose body and blood is given for you 
and given for me. We call this meal the Lord's Supper because it is the fulfillment of the Lord's Passover. The Lord has finally given the lamb who is one of us. This is Jesus. We eat this meal because God placed our judgment on Jesus, the lamb of God who is sacrificed only once, only once. We eat this meal because Jesus gives himself to God for us. And he gives himself to us so that we can be with God. This is the king's table. And it's a message. It's a sermon. Right after this meal, Jesus told his disciples more words that should resonate with each and every one of us in this room. Jesus says, you will all fall away. Because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. At the moment of Christ's great hour, the disciples deserted him. And believer in Jesus, have we not done the same time and time again? Jesus Christ endured the full wrath of God's judgment on the cross in the place of you and me. The disciples and us, the disciples and we are sinners. We miss the mark of the standard of God's glory every day. And God demands perfect obedience. Jesus Jesus, he, he, he willingly embraced the reality of the judgment of hell upon himself and you're in my place. Why? Why? Why did he do it? He did it so that my and your selfishness, godlessness, jealousies, lusts, adulteries, Murders, gossiping, brokenness, bitterness, so that all of our idolatries can be forgiven. The king's table, the king's table teaches us that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Lamb of God, died for us. The meal means we are united to Jesus in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. We are bound in faith to him forever. Jesus gave his body and blood so you and I can have peace with God. We can be declared righteous in the sight of God, Jesus gave his blood to pay for our sin. He willingly gave up his blood, his life, for you and me to have and experience everlasting life with God. We eat this meal tonight in faith, 
trusting Jesus to be exactly who the Bible says he is. I love to talk about Jesus. Savior. Our Savior. Personal pronouns. Amen. Real faith. Our Savior. Our King. Our Lord. Our brother. Our friend. And our Lamb. Every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, Jesus is present. Amen. He's here. (laughs) And he's in heaven too. Isn't that amazing? He's present with his people. Even now, at the king's table, Jesus feeds us both spiritually and bodily. He supplies our every need, sustains us when hungry, cleanses us, purifies us, renews us from when we miss the mark of the standard of God's glory. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is our lamb who takes away our sin. I call St. John Baptist Church in Taylorsville, North Carolina, my home church. That's where I come from, y'all. Oh, I'm a Presbyterian now. And there they sing a hymn I shall try to close with. Christ, our Redeemer, died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. All who receive him need never fear, for he will pass, will pass over you when I see the blood, when I see the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, you have provided the way of eternal life for us in the person and work of our Lord and King and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You have loved us. You've forgiven us in Christ. We thank you. Spirit of God, keep us ever clinging to Christ till the day when faith becomes sight. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.